0: Welcome to Sunny in Seattle, with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny welcomes two amazing guests, Penelope Jean Hayes and Carol Serene Borgens. They'll be chatting about their new book, Due Unto Earth, full of channeled wisdom on the urgent reality of Earth's current environmental crisis, and how our own personal contributions can become the global power necessary to affect change. And now we welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. Good morning. Welcome, everyone, to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan, and we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle, as well as 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives at 1150kknw.com. It's also available on iTunes and Podcast One. And a quick KPCA disclaimer that the views expressed here are not necessarily the views of Petaluma Community Access, KPCA Radio, or its board of directors, volunteers, staff, or underwriters. Um, And just for housekeeping, my web website is golden that is golden um so for today's show um i think we are having a couple of uh, little uh difficulties i think there was some confusion on our date so i believe one of our guests is going to be able to join us today penelope jean hayes and i'm not sure if carol serene borgens is going to be on the line today but i think benny is working on that on the back end and so i'll just share a little bit about um what we're going to be talking about here today um So Penelope Jean Hayes is the founder of the Viral Energy Institute, which is dedicated to research, study, and education in a new field of study called Viral Enology, which merges traditional science and metaphysical philosophy for personal, interpersonal, and planetary well-being. She has appeared on television hundreds of times as an expert, including for Dr. Phil, ABC News, and also internationally. Penelope is the author of the books, The Magic of Viral Energy, An Ancient Key to Happiness, Empowerment, and Purpose, as well as The Likely Future, and Do Unto Earth, which is the book we'll actually be talking about here today. Um, so, I and also for uh, further information on all of this, um, both Penelope Carroll and the book Do Unto Earth, you can visit paxwisdom.com. That is paxwisdom.com. And I'll just give a little background here. Um, you know, from time to time, we do have on the show um, uh, spiritual channels or spiritual uh, intuitives who do channeling work. And uh, the, this particular book, Do Unto Earth, as well as Penelope and Carol, came to my attention um, through a, a publicist that I have worked with. Um, Neil Donald Walsh was on the show several years ago, and she represents him. Um, and so when I see new channeling work hit my radar screen, um, I always like to do my due diligence, and in poking around a bit on this, um, I realized you know there's some this book and the work has been endorsed by some really heavy hitters in the field, and the fact that um, Waterside Productions and Bill Gladstone is representing them, who also represents Neil Donald Walsh and Eckhart Tolle and Barbara DeAngelis, I thought, okay, this is this has got to be worth taking note of that this is you know hitting the field right now. Um, and so I uh, in listening to uh, the Do Under Earth, I was really drawn in and was excited this this book is it's a long book, but it covers so much. and the the primary message, of course, is around, the environmental crisis that we have created here on Earth. And I know, you know, the Earth does go through her own cycles over, you know, hundreds of thousands of years or billions of years period, depending on, you know, the scientists you're talking to. But what we are doing now to amplify, exacerbate and really turn this into an emergency um, is, is we're in a we're in a well, we're as scientists have noted, we're in the sixth mass extinction event on this planet. And now is the time to act. And I think a lot of us already know this, but this is a really primarily a huge call to action, but not just a scare um, a scare book. You know, we know a lot of what's going on, but this is also a book to empower us to make those changes. And the book covers it, not just um, environmental issues, but also new technologies that are Um, Going to be heading our way in the near future to help us with all of this. And it also answers some questions about some ancient mysteries. Um, It talks about our star families, or some like to call them uh, aliens or extraterrestrials. Uh, It talks about our purpose as humans, um, how to access our higher self. Like this book, it really covers a whole spectrum of information. And as I usually say with channeled material, um, you know, if If the material resonates of truth and using one's discernment and just seeing how it lands with you, trusting your gut, following your heart, all of those good things that really tap into the wisdom of the higher self, you know, evaluating material based on its content, not necessarily always thinking, oh, just because it's channeled or it's a little bit, um, you know, and it's delivered in a way that we, through science, don't yet know exactly how that works. It doesn't mean um, that we should not give it some due attention and to let it land as it wants to land in our being. Um, And uh, I think in this particular case, so much of this I found uh, fascinating, hopeful, uh, also an urgent call. And so I just uh, invite you, the listener and you, the reader to do the same. Your discernment is one of the greatest tools you've been given as an empowered human and spiritual being. Um, And so, Yeah. I invite you to enjoy. Um, So Benny, just checking in. How are we doing connecting with everybody?
1: We're doing awesome. We have Penelope with us.
0: Awesome. Okay, perfect. So I guess we did enough stalling. to get (laughs) get No, this is exactly
1: what we had planned.
0: No. (laughs) There we go. Okay. So um, I know we've got Penelope here. Penelope Gina Hayes. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. Thank you, Sunny. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. And as I was just saying, you know, before you came on the line, this is some very fun new channeled material. And I'm really excited to share it with our listeners. Um, and so I'm I'm curious. Um, so my understanding is that Carol, who is not on the line with us today, but is also the the other half of this while well, I say third, <laughs> we've got you, yeah. Carol, and then of course the spirit messenger packs. Um how did you all come to work together because my understanding is carol has been channeling packs since the 90s but these this book that we're talking about here today and some of the more recent material is from the last year or so so how did that happen
1: exactly yes carol has been channeling packs since the 90s now at that time she didn't have the name pack she had a spirit energy that she channeled for these many years and it was always that same personality so in her very early times of channeling, when she was just learning how to channel, she did have various spirits come through, you know, people who were looking to make contact with people in this world. And that really wasn't what she was interested in. And as she would tell the story that as she was practicing automatic writing, That one day, you know, the writing changed, the style changed, the energy in the room shifted, and there was this energy that we now know as Pax, P-A-X, and that means peace, by the way.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And from that time, she only channeled the spirit energy that we know as Pax. And it was no longer, you know, just kind of anyone looking to come through and make contact. And that is what she did for many years. And she channels personal sessions for individuals. So focusing on helping people find their life's purpose and answering some of their questions that can bring them greater joy and happiness and and their purpose pursuit. So how she and I met was... I am a viral enologist and an eco-journalist, and I founded something called the Viral Energy Institute. In addition, I'm an author, and I was uh, and continue to work on viral energy, which is the contagious nature of energy and social interactions and in the environments all around us. Simply put, we know a smile is contagious, laughter is infectious, and so are the heavy and negative energies. And so, I was looking for a little bit of spirit wisdom and went to Carol for a channeling session. And this was after the time of writing my first book, which is called The Magic of Viral Energy. Mm-hmm. And I was embarking on writing the next book, which was on the same concept of viral energy. And that was slated to be titled Due Unto Earth and was simultaneously building the Institute, the Viral Energy Institute. So I just wanted some you know, inspiration from spirit, am I on the right track? What might I need to know? And so we had a couple of sessions, they were wonderful. And one day I was contacted by Carol to say that PAX, the spirit energy that she channeled, wished to reach out to me and offer to the Viral Energy Institute and what I was working on, wisdom and support from the spirit world. So you can imagine, Sunny, it was a little, you know, wow. Um, Yes, I, you know, I'm very, (laughs) very grateful for that. And that's how it started. And so after I was on book tour at the time, and so I went and visited Carol, and she's in British Columbia, and then carried on to some, you know, 20 some other cities after that. And when I returned home to Southern Florida, the next day, Carol and I started the process, Carol, myself and Pax started the process of this which after writing for you know i don't know 10 days we realized yeah this is a book and it was not only a book it was the book that i was working on do unto earth so i knew it was a book about the environment because this is a lot of the work that i do is for environmental healing but i didn't know the source of the information as a journalist i would have thought that i would be maybe interviewing different people collecting data. And I didn't know early on that this would actually, the source would be the spirit world. So that's how it came together.
0: Beautiful. And then I'm curious, you know, as I also was mentioning before we brought you on, um, when I was doing some research uh, before interviewing you all, I found that you all are in collaboration with Waterside Productions and Bill Gladstone, who, um, you know, has represented some really big names in the non-fiction, spiritual, spiritual non-fiction field. And I'm curious, and, and I also, it feels to me, and I think you even said this in your acknowledgements with him, that he is kind of like a heat-seeking missile for what is going to be up and coming, like that's mm-hmm. going to really resonate for a, a huge swath of our world population. I mean, clearly like Neil Donald Walsh is the example that I used, um, or of course Eckhart Tolle as well. These are really big books. So how did you Come to partner with him. And I'm curious, like, what was his reaction the first time he heard this material?
1: Yeah, it was pretty fun. So Bill and I have already worked together for years by the Mm. time that I had met Carol. And as you said in your introduction, you know, Carol and Pax and myself in these books, that's only in the last year. So Bill is my literary agent for a long time. And he had Placed my other book, The Magic of Viral Energy with a New York publishing house. Mm-hmm. And so when we started with Do Unto Earth, and we were about two weeks in, we already had the process went so very quickly because of channeling. And so I believe the whole book was done in three months. But wow. about two months in, I sent Bill pages from Do Unto Earth, and I hadn't told him what I was working on yet. And I just sent him pages. Now Bill's a very busy guy, as you mentioned, he Represents Eckhart Tolle, Neil Donald Walsh, Barbara DeAngelis. He is responsible for the Four Dummies book series, which has sold some, you know, 300 million copies. Right. So, you know, you don't get a phone call from Bill Gladstone. He's really busy. It's usually a return email and, um, you know, a sentence or two. He's, he's very busy, but the most lovely person. I mean, I absolutely adore Bill. And he called me, <laughs> and we're talking within you know, it was less than 24 hours from receiving my pages, my phone rings and I look at my phone and Bill Gladstone, I'm like, oh my goodness. So I said, hi, Bill. And he said, (laughs) Penelope, do unto earth. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how it went. It was, it went very quickly from there because he recognized that it was groundbreaking information and definitely something different and a very clear voice from the spirit world. And same with me, like, I, this wasn't my cup of tea in a way, because, you know, I'm a mainstream journalist, and I never thought that I would be writing a book that included channeling. However, I have experienced my own form of connecting to my higher self. I'm a spiritualist. Um, I believe in these things. I have read books. Um, I've read the series by Neil Donald Walsh, loved it. And so I was very open minded and a spiritualist and on a spiritual journey. But I didn't, you know, this wasn't something that I, you know, sought to do. It was, I was contacted. And so when I started getting the answers to the questions that I had, questions about the environment and many other things. And when I read the answers, I was, and I'm sure this was Bill's reaction. It was just, it's something that resonated with me to be true. And I couldn't deny that this was important information that I felt that, you know, I have a duty to share this with the world and let let people decide what they think of it. And I'll tell you, Sunny, my own family rejects it. My own family, um, very Catholic, they reject this, the, the channeling in general, yeah. and it is uh, an intrepid thing to do to actually stick my neck out and bring this forward. Because it just, you know, I had a lot of other things I was doing, it was almost like I didn't have to add this to my plate. But when I read (laughs) what the information was, and then I would ask further questions, it it was it was done in a conversation. So I asked questions, answers come back, I asked more questions, very conversational. It just it couldn't be disproven to me. And Bill had the same reaction. He was just Oh, rather floored and felt an urgency to get it to market. and he did,
0: yeah. it it really, um, as I said um, earlier in the show, to me, it covers so many topics. And it just has been a, a while, in some ways, um, definitely amping up my feelings of urgency around, oh gosh, we need to do this now. Like we don't have any time to waste. There's that, but there's also, there's an engagement around so many things that we have questions about. And mind you, not all the questions you ask were answered. There were times that that PACS very clearly said, that's really not for you to know right now, or that'll mm-hmm. be revealed in due time. But the, the, the wealth of information on a variety of subjects was just, Um, Yeah, it was just really, it's been fun to listen to. Um, And I I do want to ask you in the acknowledgements, one of the final entities that you do think is PAX or the collective mm-hmm. consciousness of PAX. Um, and you said that the journey of being used, you and Carol being used to deliver these messages has required bravery beyond your earthly personalities. And I, you may have alluded to that, you know, really putting your neck out when mm-hmm. even your family doesn't accept it. But can you speak a little bit about that? Because I know a lot of us are feeling called beyond where we feel capable with our human personalities. Mm-hmm. How did, you know, tell, tell us about that journey for you. Thank you. You know, I've never
1: been asked that. So that's a very thoughtful question. Um, It has been rewarding and also challenging for those reasons that my family doesn't accept it. Now, my husband does. (laughs) And I have come to a place where I am okay with that, and that I need to follow my life's purpose. And I think that there's a lesson in there for everyone that we each have a purpose in this lifetime and that we need to trust in our own abilities and trust in that we have our own gut instinct. And so for me, it felt very right. And it, you know, when something feels right. And so if it doesn't feel right for the next person, including my own family, then it's not right for them, but it was something and it continues to be something that it's not the easy route. And oftentimes, these type of things and missions and life callings are not the easy route. And it does take bravery. And I would encourage people that the rewards are so much greater when you do that, when you step out and do something while you're afraid. And I think that's the key. It's not like wait until you're not afraid. Wait until something's easy. Do it if it feels right. And do it even if there is a fear factor involved for you or it's not the super most comfortable thing you've ever done and you will find that while you take that action and because you're taking that action that the universe will conspire to bring you the resources the people in your path to make that happen and i have experienced that since we've published One to earth it's been tremendously impactful already in the world it did go to number one on amazon the audiobook did that is mm-hmm. and the message is getting out and it's a powerful message. So I feel grateful to have been chosen for this and I'm willing to, you know, navigate some difficult conversations along the way.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad that, that you did uh, answer that call. Um, I've been, as I mentioned, I've interviewed, let's see, I'm thinking, um, For each of the folks I've interviewed that do channeling work, um, uh, Sarah Landon comes to mind, Lee Harris, Paul Selig, Lee Carroll, uh, and some others, and they all have kind of a similar story where (laughs) the knock came and it was like, okay, this was a bit of a sole agreement or contract before you came in, you ready to start bringing through the messages. And for some of them, it was like, um really, this is what's happening next in my life. But fortunately they answered the call and I think they've said some similar things. You know, not everybody accepts it, um, but the the information is available, freely offered in love. And um, I personally, um, the greatest spiritual leaps and the greatest empowerment, the greatest love that I have felt for a higher power has all been directly tied to channeled work. Like that was my, that was my gateway drug back to God. I'll just Mm -hmm. be real, real honest. So I'm just so happy to see you all out in the field, adding to the beautiful wisdom and information that is there for us as humans to guide us, connect back with the spiritual being part. And let's let's evolve and let's expand and grow and save this beautiful gift of a planet that we have been given for this journey that we're on as humans. So
1: that's it. And, you know, I would just say quickly too, that we're all channels and we kind of know that, and we know it because we can be thinking about someone and all of a sudden our phone rings and it's that same person. So we are doing that and we're doing it in ways that we've become accustomed to. And you know, I do a version of automatic writing myself, I go into the forest and with pen and paper and just start writing. And it's actually how I wrote my first book. (laughs) And the wisdom that came through the philosophy of viral energy, which now I speak about viral energy all over the world. And it's been this incredible, incredible thing. And it came through in this way of, wow, did that really come from me? So I wouldn't say, that i would be you know psychic or anything like that we're not talking about that but that we each can connect to our own higher self and to open these portals or these you know energy channels to a higher you know a higher version of ourselves or a higher divinity and to tap into the wisdom of the ages and universal energy and universal wisdom so we can experience that every single one of us. And we have these abilities and some people just, you know, hone in on one, you know, practice more than another. And that's where we have people like Carol who channels. And I think that it is starting to become more normal and more accepted and mainstream. And it's part of our daily vernacular now, these spiritual conversations.
0: Yes, seeing that, it is so um, heartening to me, um, and I think that it's that's going to be necessary for us to survive as a species to tap into that higher wisdom, not just, you know, thank goodness we have folks out there that really are tuned in, like Carol and you all putting this book out, but then also in our own personal lives that we can tap into that wisdom, as you say, the wisdom of our higher, highest self that we've got to offer. And they are just different modalities so to
1: channel in that clear voice that carol does is not you know better or higher than what you do every day in your vocation they're just different modalities and we all have talents and we all make choices as to which of those talents we choose to develop you know exactly
0: exactly speaking to that process and how that looks, um, I'm always uh, curious about what the channeling process looks. I have to Paul Selig always comes to mind because the way that he brings through the information is is very interesting. But what does that look like for you and and Carol um, to bring through this information?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, different channels do it different ways, and Carol actually types at the keyboard. So early on when she began automatic writing, it was with pen and paper written by hand. And then eventually, and it was actually quite recently, just before we started writing Do Unto Earth, I understand that she began to be able to actually just channel directly on the keyboard. And that did enable our process to go rather fast. So our process was that I, the very first time I sent 10 questions and we didn't really know how the process would work. It was new even to her to work, you know, with someone else like this. So I sent 10 questions the first time. And she later that night uh, went into a channeling session and she just goes into her office space where she's just, you know, quiet. And she asks for the presence of PAX to be with her first she asks for a blessing, that it is the energy of packs coming through and no others and that she be protected with love and light. And she goes into her channeling session. And um, it's just simple that she goes into a slightly altered state of consciousness, where she would know sounds around her if the telephone rang, for instance, she's well aware of that. However, the channeling itself as she types she's not aware of what's being said what's being typed only afterwards when she reads it and to this day you know carol doesn't have the same um, perspective of do unto earth as i do because for me i was part of a conversation i was asking questions answers were returned for carol sometimes she had you know she'll read back but she has no idea what was channeled until she reads it back or reads it later. And it's, you know, oh, okay, that that's interesting. And it's, it's cool, because they're not really Carol's words, like, you know, the words chosen, how things are said, you can tell that you're reading a different personality to Carol. So it's really fascinating. So she would then send me back the answers from Pax, and I would ask further questions. And so it became that the 10 questions were 10, uh, non-linear conversations. So, and that's something I've never experienced before in my life. To have multiple conversations simultaneously is what happens. So non-linear, and it went on like that for the duration of writing this book. And I don't know off the top of my head if that was, you know, two months or three months, but something in that time frame. And this book was complete. And you know, we're talking. A, sizable book i believe 456 pages yeah
0: and i just want to hop in here um benny and penelope um is it okay if we forego our break today penelope do you if you need a break please speak up otherwise i'm I'm fine okay wonderful benny you okay with that (laughs) i know know we keep doing this well i say we i keep doing this on air because i'm just enjoying the conversation i'm like (laughs) why take a break let's just keep talking keep rolling with it girl (laughs) Momentum. Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about this channeling process and we've mentioned PAX um, by name. Um, tell us a little bit about this divine source energy or what what you what you have come to understand mm-hmm. PAX is.
1: Mm-hmm. And it is so important to understand what that is. So again, Carol, having channeled this energy for many years, she had an understanding for herself. And amazingly, she had never really asked the questions that I asked. So I come along and as a journalist, I'm like, mm, I'm going to need to know a little bit more here in the-. <laughs> you know, I'm going to need to know who it is I'm talking to. So I asked that very question to Pax early on in the book that can you tell me exactly who you are. So it was established that Pax never walked the earth was not a spirit that you would think of like a deceased someone or even Jesus or anything like that never walked the earth. And there were back and forth questions and answers about who Pax was. And I asked very specifically, so you know, just exactly who are you? Can you just tell me? And here was the answer, and this is a direct quote. We are one with the universe, not the universe alone. We are the divine universe, yes, and the God being and the greater wisdom, that which knows and supports all and is healing, nonjudgmental and tolerant, all seeing, all knowing and peace, end quote.
0: Very fitting that called
1: PAX. (laughs) Right. And so, um, what just happened from there is I said, woo, um, that's a lot. May I have a moniker to call you for this conversation? (laughs) And so he said, you can call me PAX and it means peace.
0: Okay. And you just said he
1: now, well, only because Carol. Yeah. And, and thanks for bringing that up because PAX is a collective consciousness and I felt uncomfortable myself calling PAX he, however, Carol does. And it is because she just has become used to that. It's sort of her habit. Maybe she interprets it as, you know, a masculine energy or a fatherly energy to her. And so we're always very careful to say that, you know, he was more of a respect for Carol because that was just, you know, more comfortable for her. But Mm -hmm. she acknowledges and Pax acknowledges that you know, Pax has said that um, there is no gender, you know, they would be better when he refers to himself. And again, I know I'm using these terms, but it's just because, because Carol does. Mm-hmm. But when he refers to himself, he says, we.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I have come to, after interviewing a number of near-death experiencers, and then looking back, um, I'm actually, fingers crossed going to be headed to divinity school in the fall. And I want to know when I know they is referenced in certain, um, old Testament books and certain translations. So I'm thinking it just makes more sense that it's a they. It's it does.
1: And, you know, at that time when I was early in this process, speaking with Pax, I, you know, had read conversations with God and the reference would be they. And Mm -hmm. so I used they, um all the time until it just seemed like Carol you know it just seemed more respectful to Carol somehow so we just adopted the he, but it's definitely a they, and she would say so, and Pax would say so.
0: Sure. And I, I think whatever I, in my book, whatever allows you to feel closer to that higher power, call it whatever you want. Like, I don't. <laughs> I, so, thank you for clarifying that, though. And when uh, you
1: say call whatever you want, um, there was a difference between God and God being. And mm-hmm. Pax wanted to make mention that it's not he doesn't want to, they don't want to be referenced as God, because that is exclusive Uh, to other religions who might use other names for their divine one. And that he or Pax had said to me that you might call our energy, the God being. So me as a Penelope would call so my reference would be God or God being, but someone else might call that energy, you know, Yahweh, or universal energy or
0: Allah, you know, whatever it is for them. Thank you again for clarifying that. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, I love the inclusivity. Uh, okay, so there is, as you said, the book is over 400 pages, there is no possible way we can cover even a smidgen of what comes through in that book, and I do also have to compliment you on the questions that you ask, and for those that are out there, um, I did uh, read the book through Audible, and so it is, Penelope, you have such a beautiful voice, and the way that you read the questions and answers is, is a very calming way, so if somebody out there likes Audible or audiobooks, I recommend it, but I have to compliment you, your questions were very thorough, and every time I had a follow-up, you went there, and I was so happy.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, as journalists, that's what we do, and I really sunk my teeth in, and I felt it was the responsibility of why I was brought in, because it would be known by the spirit world that I would do that.
0: Yes, so I, I my outline combined with the outline and your wonderful media kit, um, I'm just curious, what are your Without diving into one topic specifically just yet, what what are Mm -hmm. your top takeaways, most important messages from the material that we just need to cover today? Mm -hmm. So it did start off as a book
1: about the environment and became so much more. And the reason is, is that PAX let me ask anything that I was curious about. And so I'm going like, hmm, I've got the God being (laughs) in front of me here. Um, How can I pass up the opportunity to ask about Roswell in 1947 or how the Great pyramids were built or what happened to Amelia Earhart and what's going on with the Bermuda Triangle on and on Bigfoot, like you name it. And I did. I asked all of that. And, you know, there were times where I thought, hmm, you know, why am I not being stopped by that, you know, this is maybe off topic, or why am I getting so much information? I actually couldn't believe the depth of information. Me either. (laughs) Yeah, right. Because it's so much deeper than other channeled books that I read. And I just didn't think that spirit would, you know, give us all of that. But it was made clear that we are at a time that we have a little bit of time left before we reach a fail safe point for the wellness of our planet and it's the pollution issue and so that we're at a critical precipice here and Pax I actually asked the question you know why are you kind of telling me so much and Pax said that we understand that it will be through your curiosities that this message will reach the world and so it's because the book is so interesting and it reads like a movie and it's a page turner and it answers all these curiosities that the environmental message also gets through in addition to that they're interconnected and that we find you know once you read the whole book you sort of see the holistic design almost this divine design that the first third of the book is about our past the middle section is about our present the last third is about our future And you see how it all comes together. And so you can't talk about healing the planet without talking about aliens. You can't talk about healing the planet without talking about our origins and ancient mysteries. And so then you realize, oh, this is all connected.
0: It very much is. And I think the book did a lovely job of, I say lovely, that's like too small of a term, a really comprehensive and thorough way of doing it. Um, um, And again, very engaging. Um, okay. So do you feel now having gone from beginning to end with this material and there is such urgency in the message, meaning we've got not even another generation to really act on this. What is your feeling Penelope from where we sit? Are we going to make this happen or are we going to implode? I think
1: we are going to make it happen. And I think it's going to happen by raising consciousness And so as you do your show, and as I do what I do with the Viral Energy Institute, with the books that I write and other projects, I'm actually co-hosting a television show coming up. I can tell you about that later. But as we do these things with these life missions and purposes, we are raising consciousness and you're raising consciousness, Sunny, in your own life and with your audience. And then that has this, you know, viral, this catchy effect on people around those people. And so it's these ripples on a pond that one day will become tidal. So I believe that we're going in the right direction, that there's more raising consciousness happening today than there would have been 10 years ago. And you can see that in the way that people are talking about these things. It's almost evident when you look at the things that we talk about these days, that we may not have 10 or 15 years ago, that because these things are becoming more accepted They're becoming more mainstream and okay to talk about. That's sort of a clue as to the direction that we're going in. So I believe that we will turn it around, but we're not going to turn it around by just kind of, you know, sitting down and not taking action. It will be taking action. Uh, The spirit world is not going to save us, nor are aliens. That if you think of the celestial heavens, and all that there is in the universe as a body we hear you know this term it's all connected we're all connected so we hear that so if you were to visualize the all of everything as a body like an actual person a body and it's all one it's all part of the same body what the part that we are are the boots on the ground that's the part that we are of that whole celestial body and and our job is the physical action to take action in this physical plane it will be us that will make the change. And we will be advised by the spirit world as we are through this book, Do Unto Earth. We will be um, helped by extraterrestrial technology that will help us move away from crude oil. We talk about this in the book. We're going to be helped by others that are connected and same, uh, you know, part of this spiritual body as well. But we're going to do the work. And I believe that we can do it. And I believe that we will do it, but it's going to take effort.
0: And I loved um, the hope that it, while, as I said, you know, the, the feeling of urgency and the dire nature of things is there, there was this balancing with the hope and uh, mentioned in many cases were the, the souls that are coming in as kiddos now that are already pretty highly evolved. And I just immediately that came to mind was Greta. I thought, oh, these kids <laughs> love the hope. Can you speak to that a little bit that we can really like we need to be not only listening to the wisdom of the Aboriginal First Peoples Native American. Americans. Americans, um, but also the children who are coming in, um, that this wisdom is just not to be ignored.
1: Yes. So in Do Unto Earth, Peck says that, you know, each generation now has a purpose, that everything is very intentional in this time, and that the children that are coming in now, and not all of them, but actually more and more of the children being born now in those of that generation, the younger generation, 20 and younger, are what he calls crystal and indigo children. And these are highly advanced souls that do incarnate to, you know, regular human parents. It was one of my questions. I'm like, well, wait a minute, are these, you know, aliens? Like, how how do they integrate into these families? And it was like, no, 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 they are born into their, you know, human Terra family as anyone would be, but their soul And they may not be aware of that because we have this forgettingness when we're incarnated into our life experiences here. And so they may not know their soul history, but their soul history is a very advanced soul that has a specific purpose and intention for the healing of our environment, very specifically. And you see them showing up more and more and more now, and they can't be ignored, and their voices are getting louder and louder. We didn't see that in generations past. We have seen different people who have been um, enthusiastic about different causes, but they had not been children until recent times. And this is all about the health and wellness of planet Earth.
0: There is, yes, there's much to be hopeful around. um, And those kids definitely are a big part of that. Uh, one of the other things, um, that really I enjoyed about the book was that the talk of purpose, the talk of connecting to our higher self, the talk of, of knowing that we are on the right track when we can really, um, feel it in the body, feel it in our heart. And I know I just put like three or four different big topics that have their own sections in the book together, but I'd love to just speak about that because I think that brings it down to an individual level for the people out there listening how to really um, not feel so scared and waiting for someone, uh, whether that's a governmental body, a deity to ascend to ascend on a cloud, whatever it is that we're waiting for to come save us, but that we are empowered to actually step up and, and make the changes in the physical and in the, the, the realm of consciousness. What, what did you learn about all of those kinds of topics, Penelope, and the information that came through? hmm
1: well and we indeed all have a purpose as a people on this planet today we have a collective purpose and each individual has a purpose and we know that when we're on our purpose we're happier a lot of times the functional depressions that people experience especially at younger ages in their 20s are always very difficult because it's this wandering decade of you know maybe i should be doing this but I don't feel fulfilled. And I don't know what my life purpose is. And this can actually bring on depression. So when you are in that space for a chronic period of time, it can result in depression. And so that needs to be looked at, too, that there are functional depressions. And what that just means is you still go to work, you still go to school, like you're functional, we're not talking about very careful to walk the line on this conversation, because we're not talking about those things that are you know, the clinical depressions, but there is a form of sadness and depression and unfulfillment that over a chronic period of time can result in a absolute bona fide depression. And a lot of times these things go back to life purpose and it can be at any age. Oftentimes it does happen in the 20s, early 30s. And so when we are on our life purpose, we tend to be more... Uh, happy and full of joy and a lot of people just don't know what their life purpose is and I would say to look to your passions look to your talents and they will always point the way you know, the things that you are interested in, you are interested in for a reason, your soul knows. If you have talents, there's a reason for that, you've probably honed them over many lifetimes. So to look to that, if you don't know, and just start with that, and then let your rutter be pointed in the directions of those passions and those talents, and to take your time with it, and eventually you will get there. And when you do, when you're on the journey, there is a happiness and a fulfillment that is just extraordinary and i would wish for everyone to experience to experience that and it truly is the journey not the destination it always is we know that sounds cliche but it truly is and when you're on the journey you know exactly what we're talking about
0: one of my biggest questions has always been how do i know that i'm on the right journey and and in, in my coaching tradition and that what has now evolved more into you know my own little spin on these things is I really do. And I know a lot of people have talked about this in way more articulate terms than I am about to, but that our our higher self or our soul really does speak through the body and and we can look to the body and its physical sensations and reactions to to know. And I loved the validation uh, in reading your book. From talking about what does it mean when you know that you are really tapped in and following your heart. And I I'm, I am don't have it in front of me. I didn't pull a quote specifically, but what I took away from it was that your whole body just feels like a big smile and that it is uh, you feel warm. You may feel fuzzy in your heart area. You feel relaxed as opposed to when things are not uh, following your heart or you're not moving in the right direction. There is the sense of heaviness and contraction. I thought, ah, yes, I love that. (laughs) Are there any other things? You (laughs) said that
1: absolutely perfectly. There is a whole chapter in do unto earth about those things and tangible things that we can do that we can look to, to help us recognize those body signs and symptoms and things that we, you know, actual tools. So I would um, I'd encourage people just to reference that chapter. But it is those type of things. Very simply put, your body knows and the body-soul-spirit connection can't be separated. And so we need to acknowledge our bodies as so much more than many of us currently are. And if we're in question about something, it could be anything, absolutely anything, even if it's trivial, to start looking to our own sixth sense, which is more of a, you know, the spiritual part of that. And to look to the body signs and symptoms, you know, that warm feeling in your heart or in your solar plexus that you spoke of these feelings feel good, you know, does it feel nice? Does it feel good? Or does it feel like doom and gloom and cold? Do you get a, you know, weird, eerie, you know, sense about something? as we start listening to our inner sense and our, you know, six senses, our senses beyond the five senses, as well as our body signs and symptoms, as we start honoring them, they start working for us more. So it's like this reward of, okay, well this is like worth something, not really a reward, but because it's working, this will happen more, you know, because, because she's listening this is going to happen more because there's some effect here on this person. So as we listen to that more and take action based on those things, based on our own inner intuition, our gut instinct, you know, don't always call a friend because you don't know what's going on with your boyfriend or like, what does it feel (laughs) to you? You know, it's good to consult with other people, but you know, I know someone in my life who only consults with other people And she has a counselor and she calls me all the time and she calls, and I encourage her to, you know, this has been going on for years, whether it's, you know, this situation or the next situation or a job or a boyfriend, you have to go inside and start, you know, honing your own ability to know what's right for you and to make decisions based on that. So I think that's key for
0: anybody. Agreed. Um, And I want to, because I know that you are, this is one of your fields of study or passions is around the, the viral nature of energy and how it can be contagious and it spreads and I again I didn't pull the quote from the book because I was listening on this I like channeled material uh, listen to it instead of actually reading it or sometimes I do but but anyway, in this case I did not pull a quote but my memory was that that Pax said something to the effect of when looking down at earth you can actually see the areas of dark and light energy and it reminded me I love Madeline Liengel and the wrinkle in time series. And it just reminded me, okay, first of all, I think that she was doing some channeling herself in the books that she brought through, but it reminded me so much when the characters are in the book are off planet looking down at earth and they can actually, or some planets have much darker energy around them. And I'm, I'm curious um, in, in your experience or, and also talking to Pax, what do we need to know about taking these dark pockets to the light or bringing more light to these Mm -hmm. dark places so that we are a planet surrounded by light, not darkness?
1: I'm glad you asked because it's going to be one of the most important things anyone can do in our ability to make a change in this world. So first I will say to your point earlier, that I believe that all writers and all artists um, are channeling. So you're channeling a beautiful work of art on a on a like a painting or writing a book. So I do believe that there is divine inspiration in all of those arts. In terms of the the heavy energy pockets and the light energy pockets. So I have been working with the Viral Energy Institute on the idea of viral energy is not just affecting us on a personal and interpersonal level like you know that a smile is infectious but that these can be on global scales and so these large pockets or tumors of heavy energy or light energy and so for the heavy energy you can think of um, industries that are maybe polluting the environment or industries that are just dumping into the oceans with impunity or it could be you know factory farming industries where there's a lot of pain and suffering so these things have an energetic impact everything has an energetic impact whether you like that or not it is true so these industries or these happenings you could also think of wars throughout history areas of the globe that are in cycles of never ending it seems wars such as the middle east there are, there's an energy footprint or fingerprint left behind by that energy. And in this case, we're talking about the heavy energy. And so all, all energy is light energy until it's polluted, and then it becomes heavy. So you think about particles that might be blocking the sun like a cloud. That's the visualization to what we're talking about here. So this is a real and true thing that there are these pockets, these tumors of heavy energy left behind from these events And so what does that mean to us? Well, it's contagious. All energy is contagious and that's what we study at the Institute. So the good or the bad it's all contagious in the environment around us. And so then we knowing that it's a, it's really about mindfulness. We can begin to mitigate that, you know, who you spend time with if we're talking about on the personal interpersonal level and you know, what you expose yourself to in the news. But when we're talking about the planetary level, It is about mindfulness, you can ask for protections, these are, you know, prayers or meditations. But what we can do to begin to heal the world is something called global viral contemplation. And these are things that we've developed through the Institute, and I brought it to Pax to say, well, what do you think about this? You know, would this work? And he says, not only will this work, this will be the way of the future and mm-hmm. that this will be happening on large scale. So what global viral contemplation is, is you think about just meditating. And when you're meditating on something that's called contemplating. So you sit there and you contemplate the wellness of mother earth. You contemplate and, and just visualize her health and wellness and all the positive things and the clouds of toxicity disappear dissipating if you do that with more than just yourself say in a group maybe at the beginning of you know your book club you ask everyone to contemplate for the wellness of mother earth you know to start doing this in groups around the world is what will happen in the future and so we could take a day every year there's um there's a program that i have with a larger organization they're called good deeds day they're actually out of israel and they have started Good Deeds Day International, and it's one day every year, and it's in March, where we do things that are good deeds, and they could be anything from, you know, collecting cans of food for the poor to this initiative. And so I was able to bring to that the initiative of a global viral contemplation. And so on that day, we encourage people all over the world to contemplate simultaneously throughout the day for the health and wellness of mother earth so that leaves an energetic footprint because it's light energy and so this (laughs) is how we do it it's it's actually an adage that I borrowed for the medical industry and it goes like this dilution is the solution to pollution
0: (laughs) nice and we have about 30 seconds left Penelope just I want to give you time to finish up but I want to also make sure to leave time to tell people how to find the book and all the good stuff
1: Yeah, well, I think that's a perfect place to leave it. And thanks for letting me know on the time. The book Do Unto Earth can be found on all the usual suspects, whether that's Amazon, anywhere you like to buy your books online, we're at Barnes and Noble, Walmart, uh, Target. But the easiest thing to do is go to our website at paxwisdom.com, P-A-X, wisdom.com. And there you'll see the book and you'll see all the places where it links where you can get it and learn more about myself and Carol Serene Borgens.
0: Yes. And we've been talking today with Penelope Jean Hayes. The book is Do Unto Earth. The website is paxwisdom.com. That is paxwisdom.com. Thanks so much for being here, Penelope. It's been a joy to speak with you. Thank you, Sunny. Take care, everyone. This is Sunny in Seattle signing off.